It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill. Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, KT Live, PSPR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. It is a Fat Tuesday. Great job last night. Christy Maria, Mark Hoke, producer Mark Hoke. He's always, doesn't matter. You could throw any anybody there in the mix with Mark Hoke. Does an outstanding job on Mondays. He's been doing it for a long time, chiming in there. Not only a great producer, but a, a solid sports talk host for years and years. Background in poker. And so the Doyle Brunson thing came into play last night. And I just thought with Christy Maria, Chris did his homework. It was a lot of fun listening to the guys as I drove up today. Uh, Dan Duva going to join me in a few minutes from now. The voice of the Golden Knights. Got a big game coming up Friday. A new series. That's right. Western Conference Finals against the Dallas Stars. Should be a lot of fun. Stars got all they wanted from Seattle. Beat the Kraken last night in seven games. Got the 2-1 win. Had to hold on for dear life. Had a 2-0 lead. And the Kraken scored with about 18 seconds left. A little under 18 seconds. And then nearly got another one in the waning seconds. But Dallas does get the win 2-1. You laid the goal in the half last night. Not so lucky. Game staying well under the total. We'll get into the NHL. We'll talk Vegas Golden Knights right here at T-Mobile starting up on Friday. Best of seven Western Conference Finals. Carolina starts up, I believe, tomorrow night at home. And uh, they, of course, taking on the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers, incredible, knocking out the overall number one seed, the Boston Bruins. Right now, the Lakers not going away. I mean, this is unbelievable. Lakers have closed within 124 to 121. They were literally down uh, 18 at the half. 16, 14, I mean, just moments ago. But they are on a run right now, 124, 121, 322 to go in the fourth quarter. Paying attention to that game right here and uh, keeping an eye on that. Real quick before we get Dan, uh, these are games that are going right now on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Philly and San Francisco, bottom four up there in the great state of California. It is uh, two to two, bottom four. That's Wheeler and Cobb in that one. Meanwhile, interleague games, Arizona-Oakland. A's had a 3-2 lead, soon to be Las Vegas A's, now 6-3 Diamondbacks, still batting in the top of the fifth. Kansas City got five early, I believe in the second or third inning there at Petco, had a 5-0 lead on the Padres, now top six, it is 5-2. to 
and Bailey Ober pitching a nice game. Dodger Stadium against Clayton Kershaw. Good pitcher's duel going early. one nothing. top four. Minnesota leads the L.A. Dodgers. Get to all the other finals a little bit later, but let's focus in on SportsX Radio here on a Fat Tuesday. Mark Hoke had Soraya from AEW come in studio today, so we've got some great interview work done by the great Mark Hoke, and that'll come up in hour number two. But right now, we turn our attention to the number one story in the Las Vegas market, and right now in the NHL market, I would think the Western Conference Finals, it is the Dallas Stars, it is the Vegas Golden Knights. Jersey boy, how you doing, Dan Duva? I, I was just, I was so happy for you being in Edmonton, and I saw that 2-1 Edmonton lead, and I'm going, oh man, it's going to be another tough one for Duve to have to call this one. And unbelievable, Aiden Hill shuts the door, and the Golden Knights, great team effort, March or so, natural hat trick. Second period, I mean, just a lot of fun for us here in Vegas to watch. But how cool was it to call that game behind the mic there with the Golden Throat, Dan Duva, doing the, the honors there for the Vegas Golden Knights? <laughs> very kind, very kind. Thank you. I, You know, it, the, the close games are fun. And really, until game five, the games in the series were not close. Uh, Knights, you know, it was 6-4 to four in the first game, but it really didn't feel that close. The Knights were lead was never really in doubt and um and then you know they kind of ran away with game two they uh were kind of putting their place in um in game two they uh win game three and then sort of once again they're putting their place game four so by the time you hit game five um you finally had a nail biter one goal game um and then you know, it's funny. The first time the Knights score the first goal of the uh, first goal of a game in the series, they give up the lead half a minute later, <laughs> and they're trailing two to one. Another minute or so after that, so they're down two to one after one. But just like they had in the previous game, they score three goals in the second. And Marsh is so natural hat trick, as you said, the second time he's had a playoff hat trick. The other one was against Colorado a couple of years ago, second round. He had five goals in the span of two games. Uh, here he has, uh, you know, six points, three goals, three assists in the last two games of the series, and then Will Carlson to finish it off. So, yeah, the, the Knights kind of ran away with it. Aiden Hill, you mentioned, uh, they adjusted the save number, so it ended up being the last 38 consecutive shots on goal were saved by Aiden Hill, and uh, he was great, but pretty cool to have the misfits, the original Golden Knights forward group, Marcia So Carlson and Smith, producing each of the five goals in the clincher. Dan, how is Mark Stone now? Uh, I, I would feel like getting acclimated, uh, the stamina has got to be there. You miss 39 games. It's not easy to just get back on the ice and be right in the swing of things. And I think we saw him struggle in that first game against Winnipeg, maybe the first game and a half, but now it really seems like he's got his legs under him. Yeah, that, uh, that first game, you know, you kind of were, you know, scratching your head, you know, how is this going to look? And when he came back at the end of last year, you know, was hopeful that things would be, um, you know, time enough to keep treading water. Knights had been in first place last year at the All-Star break, but they were only 500 the distance, and uh, they missed the playoffs as a result. This year, you know, Mark, uh, again, uh, back trouble. After a pretty good start to the year, you thought he was – you know, really back in business with the back surgery rather than just trying to rehab the back. Um, but it, obviously that's not what happened. Another back surgery and timed out so that, um, you know, they waited as long as they could to have the surgery with the hopes that a rehab would be enough. Um, they had the surgery when they did, so he could return in time for the start of the playoffs. And what do you know? Uh, he is such a pro 
uh, knows the game, thinks the game, processes the game as well as anybody I've ever come across. He's not the fleetest of foot. You'll never accuse Mark of being the fastest skater on any team he plays for. But because of that fact, uh, that reality has been with Mark really throughout his career, even before he turned pro. And I think that uh, Bruce Cassidy has echoed this too. Because Mark was never the fastest guy on a team, he always, even from a young age, had to think the game faster than everybody. And now uh, you you see how much that has helped him as a pro. No, he's not going to be able to keep up with guys, but he's got such a great stick, the hand-eye coordination. He anticipates things, puts himself in excellent position. So you blink and you see all of a sudden he's in the perfect position, even though it might have taken him an extra stride or two to get there. Uh, It's been so impressive. And whereas in the past, I think, you know, you look back a couple of years ago when the Knights lost to Montreal, that series, you know, Mark had no points and Vegas didn't have really any other offensive answers. So without Mark, they were not going to win that series. Uh, He had scored an overtime winner against Colorado just a handful of days earlier. And uh, now, clearly, the Knights don't need Mark Stone. Sure, when he comes through with a big game, you're going to take it, but the Knights are going to take your hat trick from Marcia So, your three-point game from Jack Eichel. Uh, the, the depth performances. You've got Ivan Barbashev, you know, almost <laughs> leading the team in scoring in, in the, that round. So you're, you're, you're getting offense from all kinds of places. So to have Mark Stone doing what he does defensively to help slow down, I mean, it doesn't show up at the score sheet as much. But, you know, the series went along against the Oilers. The fact that the Knights kept Edmonton off the board as much as they did, a large part of that is Mark Stone. Sportex Radio 8 to 10, Monday through Friday, right here, 101.5 FM Don streaming live on the Odyssey app. The voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dan Duva, joining us here as we look at the opening uh, game coming up on Friday against Dallas. The Stars finishing off the Kraken in Seattle. Outstanding series and a really nice playoff run for a second-year expansion team taking Dallas to the brink, seven games, and the Stars closing them out last night with a 2-1 victory. But before we get to Dallas and the matchup, go back to the Jack Eichel thing, because there's people that said, how did we end up with Jack Eichel? I mean, he was the pride and joy of the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, they struggled with him, but how do we end up with this prize possession that we have right now, a, a kid where the ceiling is just you know through the roof as far as potential Jack Eichel. Take everybody back on how that whole thing transpired, Dan. Yeah, and it goes back several years. Even before the Golden Knights ever played a game, Jack was drafted second overall in 2015, the pick right after Connor McDavid and had a great single year at Boston University. And, you know, the trick is when you're getting to be drafted so high, number one, number two pick, it probably means the team that's picking you is bad. And such has been the case for the Buffalo Sabres for a long time. Um, You know, some organizations figure it out quicker than others. Clearly, Edmonton has made it into the playoffs the last couple of years with the likes of McDavid and Dreisaitl, et cetera. But uh, it has not happened for the Sabres. Um, It's been a long time for Buffalo, and I've lost count of how many different rebuilds they have tried. And, um, you know, Jack was the point of consternation for that franchise. They thought that they were getting a savior, and bottom line is the, the <laughs> whether you want to put it on Jack's shoulders or not, deserve it or not, uh, there was not enough around Jack to field a winning team and so many different coaches that he had in his brief time there, relatively brief. And then he develops this um, neck issue, and um, there is a great disagreement on how to treat it. And uh, the doctors for the Buffalo Sabres want one approach, basically a disc fusion surgery, 
Uh, Jack does not like that idea. He has doctors, and he did a ton of research himself. Um, instead wanted an artificial disc replacement surgery. The Buffalo doctors did not want to go along with that. That had never been done on an NHL player. Uh, other athletes, yes, but not on an NHL player. So the Buffalo doctors said no. Um, Jack was stripped of his captaincy in Buffalo. He wasn't playing, uh, could not play, physically unable to play. And there was an impasse where basically the Sabres were going to have to trade him because Jack was unwilling to have the surgery that the Buffalo doctors wanted. And then what was going to be the right price to acquire Jack from the Buffalo Sabres? How was it going to fit? So the Knights put together a package of Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and the Knights got Alex uh, got uh, Jack Eichel in return. Alex Tuck, of course, from Baldwinsville, New York, just outside Syracuse, grew up a Sabres fan, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, Alex, though, was a great member of the Golden Knights. Uh, it seemed to be the perfect fit for the Buffalo Sabres, somebody who really wanted to be there after Jack's welcome had worn off in Buffalo, it seemed. Um, so, uh, long story short, Jack you know, was acquired by the Knights, but then still needed the surgery, which happened last November. Mm-hmm. Um, then the rehab occurred, played his first games with the Knights last February, but, you know, hadn't played any real hockey games in a year and a half. Um, was fine, you know, then, you know, a few weeks into his Golden Knights tenure, this wasn't reported at the time, but got slashed and had a broken finger, so he wasn't taking face-offs for a while. And as I mentioned earlier, the Knights kind of treaded water down the stretch. So many injuries last year, so the Knights missed the playoffs. This year, Jack had a full off season, full health. The, the neck is no longer even a question mark. He's in uh, terrific shape, like uh, you would hope he would be. And um, you know, had a, a very good regular season. Did miss a little bit of time with a totally unrelated injury in December, but here he is, his first ever Stanley Cup playoff games, and he's the Knights' uh, top scoring player now, better than a point per game. So you figure, you know, here's this guy who's never been in the playoffs before. How's he get a fair on this kind of stage? And he's loving it. I mean, this is what a hockey player dreams of. It's been a longer wait for Jack, and he has uh, soaked in the moment. You can see the confidence that he has, uh, the love that he has for this group of players, the love for the fan base. This city has embraced him in a way that clearly it had gone south uh, in Buffalo. Um, you know, but he's, he's a proud guy, confident, uh, Really great personality, loves classic rock, you know, loves his native Massachusetts. Really interesting guy and has been, um, you know, the most consistent Golden Knight, I'd say, throughout the playoffs, starting with game two of uh, the first round. Yeah, and I know my sister, she's a terrier. She got her master's degree there at Boston U, so she loves Jack Eichel. That's her favorite Golden Knight. Uh, this team's clicking on all cylinders right now, at least offensively. And now, you know, Aiden Hill stepping up to the plate. And it is unbelievable to see another goaltender get an opportunity, make the most of it. Now we look as we turn our attention to the series that starts up Friday here at T-Mobile against the Dallas Stars. And the Knights not faring well against the uh, Stars during the regular season, losing all three contests. They did much better against the expansion Kraken. In fact, they hadn't even lost a game in Seattle in two years, took all four games there. But nonetheless, I think they're still capable of taking care of business. They've got the home ice advantage. Strategy going in against Dallas, and what type of series do you expect? Do you expect lower scoring games? I would think, you know, it could almost be correlated to where if Vegas wins, I'm thinking the games might be a little higher scoring. If Dallas wins, they're probably going to be, you know, a little bit more of the grinding out and maybe your 3-2 type game. Yeah, that very well could be, and that's been the historical record. Knights lost to Dallas in the third round. Back in uh, 2020 in the bubble, it was the Western Conference final after the Knights had beaten the Blackhawks in the first round, seven-game series win against Vancouver in the second round, and then 
uh, Dallas beat Vegas in that third round, and it just seemed that Vegas couldn't score. Uh, Hudobin was just unbelievable. Now you got Jake Ottinger, who did make a brief appearance in that series. Ottinger's the goalie now for Dallas, a young goaltender who seems to be at times unbeatable, but at other times like Swiss cheese. Uh, it's been more often he's been a brick wall, but there have been a couple of occasions. We saw it against Seattle where, gee, like, you know, is this the same guy? Um, so which Jake Ottinger do you get from the Dallas Stars? Uh, this is a different night's nice offense compared to what it was against Dallas a couple of years ago, and um, that the Knights don't need to score in transition. They do a lot more damage from the interior than we've ever seen before. Um, goals around the net. They've got players who can do that now. That has not been a thing in the past. The fact that Vegas is scoring as many goals in this postseason has really impressed me. Um, and then, and you mentioned Aiden Hill before. You know, whichever goalie the Knights throw in there seems to do well. And a big part of that is the group in front. Uh, the defensive structure Bruce Cassidy has put into place might yield more shots, but those shots are usually lower quality. Uh, the rebound chances are minimal. Aiden Hill uh, for sure is fresh. You know, he had been injured in early March, but was on a great run when he did get injured down in Florida in early March. Uh, his back had been the number two guy behind Lauren Brossois until Brossois got injured earlier in here in this uh, postseason run. So, and if, uh, God forbid, Hill goes down, you got future Hall of Famer, Conn Smythe winner, Jonathan Quick waiting in the wings. So uh, that's all, you know, uh, encouraging for the Knights. You, you know, you, you've got a deep team. You know, Phil Kessel's been on the bench the last handful of games. But maybe he's an option if the Knights need some more offense, a different look against the Dallas Stars, who have been sound defensively. Then, of course, the big uh, theme would be Pete DeBoer, who was the Golden Knights coach when they mm-hmm. lost to Dallas back in 2020. And before that, had been the San Jose Sharks coach. Knights beat the Sharks in 2018, lost to the Sharks in 2019. So this will be the 14th playoff series the Knights will have played, and Pete DeBoer has been involved in nine of them, <laughs> wow. uh, with obviously uh, six of them coaching for the Golden Knights, and this will be the third time coaching against the Golden Knights. So well more than half of the, the playoff series the Knights have ever had Pete DeBoer's had a front row seat. So whether that is to Pete's advantage or the Knights' advantage, I don't know. Uh, Obviously, as you mentioned, Dallas defeated Vegas three times in three meetings of the regular season, but two of those three were in shootout form, three to two and two to one. How much do you take uh, from that? Uh, You know, it's hard to say. (laughs) Uh, But when you think about the, the way that the teams are playing right now, you know, uh, Dallas uh, has not gotten as much from Jason Robertson as you would have thought. Tremendous regular season. You wonder, like, is he going to break out at some point? You would think so. And then from a Vegas standpoint, you know, they have not seen their best hockey from some of their best players. They just have so many of them. You know, Shea Theodore hasn't really uh, clicked the way that you have seen in previous postseasons, hasn't scored a goal yet. Uh, Knights haven't had, other than Zach Whitecloud and Nick Haig, haven't seen the defenseman put the puck in the net the way that you might have hoped. Um, but there, there's just so much depth uh, with this group. You know, Mike Amadio scores an overtime game winner against the Winnipeg Jets, and he finds himself as a healthy scratch by the end of the second round. So uh, Bruce Cassidy has a lot of uh, tools at his disposal. He has um, shown a, a courage in how he uses them. In other words, hey, if Phil Kessel is not the best answer here, we're not going to use him. If uh, Jonathan Quick is not the goalie that we want to face his old team, the Kings, we're not going to use him. Um, you know, you could do that when you're, you've are you had this kind of success in one year. So the, there are lots of questions, uh, lots of things to keep an eye on. 
but that's a little snapshot from my point of view. Yeah, it's great stuff from a from a Jersey guy that knows his stuff, man. I'm telling you, it's so much fun listening to you, Dan. Call the games. There's certain people, like I said last time you were on, that you just enjoy watching the game on TV. And I I literally have the game on TV, and then I tape it. But I love listening to you call the games. You do an outstanding job. Uh, your timing is is perfect. I mean, it's right on. You've done it really. I mean, just top of the line. We couldn't have asked for a better play by play guy right here with our Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, yeah, there'll be one of those pesky San Jose Sharks. Old Joe Pavelski. After he got healthy, he's one of those guys we got to keep an eye on. Him and DeBoer. Mm-hmm. We'll keep an eye on that combination. But should be one heck of a series. And hopefully, the Golden Knights get off to a great start on Friday. I'm hoping we can check in with you throughout the series, but I know you're busy. But, hey, have a great call on Friday, a great call of this series, and we'll hope to check in with you and hope to forge into the Stanley Cup Finals. But right now, one step at a time, and Coach Cassidy will tell you, KT, one game at a time, and that's the way we'll look at it, and we'll look forward to hearing Dan Duva make the call on Friday night. Yeah, well, very kind of you, Ken. Thank you very much. It's been a fun ride and, and always a pleasure chatting with you. Outstanding. Great stuff from Dan Duva. Take our first break. Producer Mark Hoke. He's got his uh, big wrestling show coming up on Sunday mornings, and uh, we've got AEW in town, double or nothing. I mean, this is going to be one heck of a wrestling week as well. So we got the Golden Knights in action starting up on Friday. Lots of hockey. NBA Finals started. I'll get to that when we come back because it is game one in the books between Dallas and the Lakers. But lots of pro wrestling as well, and you see me kind of tag team with my producer, Mark Hoke. He does an outstanding job, and also he's a guy that spent seven years doing a poker show, and got to know Doyle Brunson, the legend that passed away yesterday at 89 years old. So lots to talk about, and then some great interviews coming up with Mark. A couple segments in hour number two with Soraya, who will be a big part of that AEW Double or Nothing card coming up on May 28th. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FM K-Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. It is Mark Koch. We are live from Vegas. We'll be right back. The magic happens. Every time you go, you make the magic happen. The magic of Orioles baseball when the game is close and the yokes are hot. There's a thundering roar from 34 to give it all they got. And you never know who's gonna hear the call. into studio and you don't have to worry you're gonna hear the magic song it is what it is <laughs> didn't hear it last night no that's because kt wasn't here so I, I need the uh the combination there but this orioles team continues to play solid ball back to 12 games over 500 i believe and a uh, nice win tonight and uh the o's taking care of business hang in there trying to uh you know, catch those Tampa Bay Rays, but the Mets didn't help them out tonight. Mets got pounded by the Rays. We'll get to the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. But Dean Kramer, you know, he's got a solid record. He's 5-1, and one, but, you know, his ERA just under 5. But with this Orioles team, Mark, you kind of feel, you know, if the guys can just, you know, keep the other team four or less, they got a great shot, great shot to win every game. Well, that's the thing, Ken. It, 
You know, ERA has become a very interesting stat that teams, while it's important, teams don't really put as much weight on it anymore. This is doing stats like whip and some other ones. Because a lot of guys nowadays aren't are only going five or six innings, you know. So if they give up three runs, you're still that's still four point five to five ERA a game. So yeah, you know, it's it's okay. I mean, I I'm not I'd like to see you know these guys more in the threes and fours, and some of them are. But you know, the bullpen's been awesome. That Cano kid, by the way, sweet mother of God, he still has not given up a run yet. Yeah, he's given up four hits and like. 20-some innings of relief. That is unbelievable. Yeah, it's beautiful. 27-15. and 15, uh, The Rays knock off the Mets. They go to 32-11. and 11. I mean, it's just unbelievable the start that they've had, and they continue to play good ball. They really haven't fallen on hard times. Orioles did beat them two in a row at Camden Yards, which kind of gives them hope that uh, head-to-head they're going to be able to make up some ground. But, again, they're going to have to go to Tampa, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, Rays, yeah, Rays beat the Mets. They were up early, 6 nothing, and coasted 8-5 to in New York. Mets dropped to three games under five hundred. The other New York team gets a big two-run homer from Aaron Judge and uh, hit a couple last night. 6-3, to they beat Toronto. And uh, this Yankees team now, 25-19, and they are tied with Toronto. They both uh, six games over five hundred. a little different as far as the uh, record. Uh, Boston, three games over five hundred. They're in the cellar there in the AL East. But the Orioles sitting in second. And then you've got the uh, Yankees and Blue Jays tied for third. And then the Orioles bringing up the rear. But all the teams over five hundred in the AL East, 23 and 20. The Red Sox, as they uh, are three games over five hundred at home at 14 and 11 and three games over five hundred overall. And they win nine to four tonight with Pavetta. In control, and they got to uh, Luis Castillo early, and they pounded him big time as big underdogs in that game at home. So a nice effort by the Bo Sox tonight. Uh, let me go back to the Richard Badgen Finley Toyota out of town scoreboard. Uh, it was Miami five to four. They got past Washington. Good game there. Gets over the total of eight. Uh, Lazardo a minus one sixty five and gets the cover there. Uh, Wade Miley and Milwaukee. Nice little plus price here. How about plus one seventy? And they knock off the St. Louis Cardinals, cool off the Redbirds, who pounded them last night, eighteen to one. I, I'm telling you, Mark, how many times do you see that where a team just beats the other team into submission, and the next day they get beat in a one-run game? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times when that happens, you just got a bad matchup. Guys are seeing the ball well that night, and you know, but the next night's another night, man. It's you know, you get a different pitcher, a different uh, different set of circumstances in the game, and see ya. Yeah, I mean, you're always hoping that you're playing that same team that pounded you the night before. But Milwaukee wins it 3-2. to two. Uh, Game naturally stays well under the 8.5. Another under with Cincinnati taking out Colorado. And this is at Coors Field, 3-1. to one. So a uh, total of 12.5. We only get four runs as uh, the Reds win. Right now, uh, Alex Cobb and the Giants, they're up 4-2, to two, bottom five against Zach Wheeler and the Phillies. Uh, Orioles, we gave you the uh, uh, the music, but we didn't give you the score. 7-3 to three behind Dean Kramer. Again, he goes to five and one, and the O's uh, minus one fifty four. They got bet up. That opened at minus one twenty five, and quickly got bet up to one forty five, and then closed at minus one fifty four at the Westgate Superbook. The total was ten, so it pushes seven to three. The final there. Yankees beat Toronto. Uh, Herman got tossed from the game. Substance, and uh, he could be facing the old ten game uh, suspension. We saw Scherzer get tossed, and uh, it happened with him. And it's 10 games. It's not 10 starts, so it's 10 games. You miss a couple starts there, but Herman more than likely will be suspended. But the Yankees, after they squandered a 3 nothing lead and Toronto tied it, they came up 
uh, with two in the eighth and one in the ninth and win at six to three. Uh, Pavetta in Boston, nine to four was the final. They win in a game that gets over the total of 10 and a half at Fenway Park, hits 13. And then a nice effort by Chicago Bills, Pale Hose. They get to Shane Bieber and the uh, Guardians, eight to three. The Pale Hose on the south side taking care of business. That total, eight and a half. White Sox almost put it over by themselves. They win it by a score of eight to three. Interleague action. Michael Lorenzen's pitching real well. Got a shutout tonight uh, for. Detroit against Pittsburgh, 4 nothing. the final there, naturally staying under the total of 9. Tampa, we talked about it, beating the Mets. That was Beeks over Verlander. So Verlander gets roughed up for the first time as a Metropolitan. Uh, was a minus 158 at the Superbook, so a nice little plus price on Tampa Bay. Total was 9. Game flies over. Also an over the 9.5 down in Arlington with Texas beating Atlanta. Both those teams now 26 wins, 16 losses as uh, Dane Dunning gets some run support there. And Texas beats the Braves 7-4, to four, total 9.5, as I told you, it does get over. And then a 7.5 total in Houston. Justin Steele had been pitching real well. It was a 1-1 game for a while. Then Houston put up a 4-spot and coasted to a 7-3 win behind Christian Javier as they beat the Cubbies, a minus 170 on Javier, total 7.5. And, and uh, game's going now. Arizona leads Oakland. That's top 6, 6-4 six to four Diamondbacks. 5-4 to four now, bottom 7, as San Diego has closed the gap. And Minnesota gets out of a first and third jam in the bottom of the fourth, and now they've added a run and still batting in the top of the fifth. They lead the Dodgers in Clayton Kershaw, 3 to nothing, top five in L.A. And uh, then uh, that is it outside of the big NBA game. Game one goes to the Nuggets, 132 to 126. It was the most points the Nuggets had scored after three quarters. I believe they had 102 after three quarters, and they win at 132 to 126. But the Lakers closed with a 9 nothing run. Uh, inside the last, you know, three minutes there, and that closed the gap. They got within three, 124-121. The closing number on this game was six and a half at the Westgate Superbook, seven at Caesar, seven at Circa. And uh, so if you had the Lakers plus the points, unless you bet it early today when it was still at six, you got the cover there. And that's a tough beat for uh, folks that bet on the Nuggets because they were coasting by – Double digits pretty much the whole game, but the Lakers made a good run. They never gave up. Anthony Davis had a huge game for the Lakers, but Denver will take it. They win the opener 132-126. to 126. I still think this is going to be a nip-and-tuck series, especially if L.A. can get the uh, second game there in the altitude, getting acclimated a little bit to the environment up there. So we'll keep an eye on the baseball games that are still rolling. Take a break, come back, because we went long on that first interview there with Dan Duva, and uh, we'll get caught up on everything else going in the world of sports. I'm going to talk to my producer, Mark Hoke, who has a couple interviews. Uh, well, actually, one interview in two segments with Soraya from AEW coming up at 9 o'clock. Uh, but Mark, of course, in the poker world, uh, got to know the legend. Uh, Doyle Brunson. I mean, 89 years old, but this guy just seemed like a class act and seemed like one of those people you just wanted to hang out with and and maybe kick it on the ranch and just kind of have a beer and hang out and talk with the guy because what a wealth of knowledge and uh, one hell of a poker player. And, of course, uh, listening to some of the stories uh, from Mark Hoke and some of the stories. I can't wait to get the book. I've got to get the book and read some of these stories, and Mark will enlighten us a little bit more. When we come back, SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. It is Mark Hoke. We'll be right back.
Oakson, the Golden Knights. They still got work to do. The Isley Brothers coming back. Mark Oak spinning the hits on a fat Tuesday. Sportex Radio, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10, right here on 101.5 FMK. Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. And, uh, boy, just paying attention to the baseball. Was watching the end of the uh, Nuggets victory, 132-126 over the Lakers. They take game one, Western Finals. Uh, the Eastern Finals start up tomorrow night in Beantown, TD Garden, with the Celtics minus eight against the Miami Heat at home. And uh, they are, let me see, at 210.5 right now total. Pretty much consistent. There's some 210s out there, but pretty much 210.5 is the total consensus-wise around Vegas. But the Celtics minus eight points in that game against Miami. Interesting series. It'll be interesting. And I'll get Mark Hoke's take. I know he's not really too much interested in the Eastern Finals now that his Sixers have bowed out. In fact, Doc Rivers got canned today. Yeah. I didn't like that. I no, just, I, uh, did. I did. Well, you know what? Here's no, the thing. I, I, let, let me just ask you something, Mark. I sure. Mean, is it because because a loss is a loss, right? But when you lose in demonstrative fashion like they did in Game 7 to Boston, they had their opportunity in Game 6, I know, in Philly. They came back and they took the lead after trailing most of the way. Uh, but it's the blowout loss. That's that's it. And then Doc, of course, now whatever he is, one in ten all time, closeout games against the uh, Celtics, one in nine or whatever. Uh, not good. But he got you there, and he also had you a three-two lead against Boston in that series. They Boston finished with a better record. They had home court advantage in the series. So you get to Game Seven. I mean, you even said not supposed to win that series. You called it. You told everyone. Celtics in seven. You were dead on. I mean, pretty, pretty solid right there. Do you know part of the reason why I called that? Well, it was take game a, seven take, was going to be good in reason. Boston. Take, take, a good, take a good guess as part is, one of the main reasons. Doc Rivers. Yes, I am okay. going to tell you Doc Rivers. Okay. I was not excited about his hire. I gave him a chance. But do you – can I – I can't – and I wish I had the article. He has one of the most abysmal records in – deciding games and blowing series. I mean, it's – and this team over the past couple seasons has been better than how they've played. I mean, I'm sorry, but they've underachieved. And, you know, when you have a guy like Joel Embiid on that squad, Maxi and, you know, Harden, and then you had Simmons who he couldn't – and, you know, and you can say what you want about Ben Simmons, but, you know, Doc said, oh, I'm going to – I'll get Ben Simmons straightened out. And Ben went from – he was at least, you know, could score – he wasn't a good shooter, but he could score and play D, and he ended up being nothing. I just, I was never that excited about Doc, and I think that they needed a different face in there. It's going to be really interesting to see who they pull in, because I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of good coaches out there that are going to be, you know, bucking for that job. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh We'll get into the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and uh, line already out at the Westgate Superbook for Game 2, Lakers and the Nuggets. We'll get to that. We'll look at the uh, hockey series. I actually thought uh, they were going to start up tomorrow with Florida and Carolina, but that won't start till Thursday. So uh, Golden Knights on Friday. So then we'll start having the every-other-night hockey going, and I, I, I really enjoy that. I like the way they do it, and I love when you get you know NBA, NHL, and you've always got games from both going through and then all of a sudden you're down to only four teams in each and you're like oh man and now you gotta just hope you have a game on a night well you did you had the uh, basketball game tonight but no hockey tomorrow basketball no hockey then Thursday and Friday we've got hockey back and we'll start getting into hockey as the Eastern and 
Western Conference Finals go. Uh, Preventative Diagnostic Center, tell you what, Doc Rivers may need to go there because I know his heart's probably, uh, you know, skipping a beat or two right now. And, uh, you know, it's a great thing. Seriously, no joking, you know, no joking. Uh, joking aside, I was going to say, uh, your health and the health of those you love, never more important. And that's the way we start the the live read. It's, I mean, it's, it really isn't, you know, it's, it, you've got to take care of your health because nobody else is going to do this for you. And if you're demographically between the ages of 40 and 72 years old, I mean, you're very fortunate here in the Vegas Valley. Dr. John Pierce has a setup here. We've got the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease. I mean, you've got to find that stuff out. Get to it. It's It doesn't cost a lot of money. You can even set it up payment-wise, and you can get in there and at least just get your heart checked out for $125, $600 value, and your significant other is absolutely free. I know my brother-in-law, Nathan, just went down there. You know, Christy's uh, one, or, one of her younger brothers. And, uh, you know, because he's demographically is in his early 50s now. So he got that information uh, as far as his ticker goes and, and, and he's in good shape. But it's that peace of mind that you're looking for. And worst case scenario, you know, something may be wrong in one of your organs. You know, they, they find something. There's, uh, you know, but you're able to, you know, combat it hopefully early enough. They said uh, somewhere in the neighborhood, uh, this is their fourth year here in the Vegas Valley, but 17% of the uh, scans come back with some type of irregularity. So, you know, if you fall in that category, then hopefully it's something that you found that you're going to be able to uh, work with your physicians as far as taking care of business. And that's why you do that because nobody's going to be proactive for you. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to get off your keister and do it yourself. So, you know, I know a lot of you are, you're going out to your dinners, you're doing all this stuff. I mean, Vegas is a great place to live. You're taking in a little blackjack, little poker, you know, maybe some of the machines or whatnot, enjoying yourself in a great place to live. But put $125 away for you and your significant other to get your hearts checked out. It's a heart CT scan and calcium score. It's $125, as I told you, $600 value. The two of you get in there, total $125. Uh, Preventive Diagnostic Center, you can give a call now, leave a message, let them know Ken Thompson, you know, sent you there. You'll get that free educational consultation. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534 7900 534-7900, 534-7900, PDCenterLV.com. com. that's the website. You can go check things out. And uh, i telling you, you'll be happy you did. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. The Preventative Diagnostic Center under Dr. John Pierce, 534-7900. Again, age-wise, between the ages of 40 and 72. Producer Mark Hoke, as we come to the end of hour number one, you've uh, you've got some uh, great memories, I'm sure, of Doyle Brunson because you worked in the poker field for seven years doing your own poker show. Yeah, I did, and you know, from watching him, it, it you know, we were talking about a lot about Doyle last night, and it's you know, the more I've thought about it, you know, he was one of those guys where that was one of the people when you played cards, you, that's who you wanted to be. You, know, you wanted to be as good as Doyle and, you know, or at least give it a shot. And to go from seeing him on TV to actually getting chances to meet him and be around him and watch him play, you know, it was, um, it was pretty special. I mean, he was, he's just somebody that everybody loved to death. And, uh, you know, except for the guys that were running around in the, <laughs> those back rooms and down in Fort Worth and Texas and so on. But uh, it was, um, it was a great experience to have chances to meet him, talk to him and, uh, 
they'll just see him rolling around in that scooter at the World Series of Poker, you know, recent years and, you know, watch him try to run people over and <laughs> just run in the show. You know, it's just um, just such a well-loved guy and so well-respected and, you know, really brought honor to gambling here in Las Vegas. And, and like I said last night, you know, this city really does owe Doyle and his family a incredible amount for what he did because, you know, like I said, he was the, uh, you know, name, name another gambler, Ken. You know, name another gambler. Well, Len Banker was one that I remember was uh, was a pretty good one as far as sports gambling. Yeah, but I mean, you know, just somebody that you would right. see on TV and everything else. Doyle was what Doyle and Amarillo were the originals, and it, it's it's really sad to see him go. And you know, I know his health was you know getting pretty rough at the end, but uh, you know, we're all going to miss him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm glad that you got to. You know, at least get to know him and his son lives here in the Vegas Valley. Yeah, Todd's a great guy. Um, you know, he uh, runs the Roma Deli restaurants. He's, he owns those, uh, which, you know, by the way, awesome food. But, uh, you know, Todd and Pam, uh, you know, I got to know both of them as well. And, you know, Todd, just a really, you know, quiet, gracious guy, you know, but a lot of fun to be around. And, you know, Pam was terrific, too. And, uh, you know, I'm sure... You know, I can only imagine what Louise is going through. They were married for God knows how long. I don't know how many years it was, but I think they were married almost around when I was born or something like that. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I I hope she's doing okay and and hanging in there. But you know, but uh, you know, my condolences to the family and the poker community. Who, you know, there's many polarizing personalities in poker, but Doyle was not one. Yeah, we'll talk uh, maybe a little bit more on the. Uh, backside of hour number two. Real quick, set it up. You've got an uh, interview that you taped today with Soraya, who's a big-time star in AEW, and she's part of that Double or Nothing card on May 28th here. Yeah, this is – and we had such a great time with her today. Uh, Soraya, uh, you, if for those of you that were following WWE, she came in as Paige, uh, was the NXT champion down there, and then won the WWE Divas Championship on her first night on the main roster. The first night that then, and it was around, and you'll hear it in the interview that it was around the same time that The Rock approached her about doing the movie, uh, you know, Fighting with My Family, too, which turned out to be a pretty good success. And uh, it, she, of course, she went through a lot. She uh, had a serious neck injury that knocked her out of wrestling for over five years and managed to come back uh, in AEW. And uh, All Elite Wrestling is thrilled to have her. She's just been a, a rock on the roster now and just added to that organization. And she is a lot of fun, a lot of fun. You know, from a family in Europe that, you know, her dad was a promoter. She started wrestling when she was 14 years old. And, yeah, yeah she was res- and she was wrestling the guys, too. Uh, so this is going to be a terrific interview, and I hope everybody sticks around and listens to it because it's going to be terrific. You're going to love it. Oh, they're going to listen to it. you kidding me? It's SportsX Radio, and we got uh, the best – professional wrestling interviewer there is with uh, Mark Hoke. Real quick, the Mark Hoke Show coming up Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on KDWRK Dawn, I should say. KDON 101.5 FM. It's that old habit of KDWN. It's KDON. And uh, we're back in just a little bit. Mark's interview with Soraya. Hour number one in the books. Keep it here. We'll get you caught up on everything. The back end of hour number two. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM on a Fat Tuesday. K Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hope. We'll be right back.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, hour number two on a Fat Tuesday. Going to uh, get to a uh, couple segments here. Uh, we're going to have two segments of an interview from earlier this afternoon with Soraya, AEW in town, double or nothing. Going to be a great card over there at T-Mobile on May the 28th. Looking forward to that, the double or nothing card. Uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, of course, we originate from the PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Uh, PSBR Law, the best in personal injury strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice, 830-9353. You know the 702 already for Vegas, 830-9353. May not need that number now, may need it in the future, 830-9353. Uh, update, just a couple scores. Diamondbacks 8-4 lead the A's in the 7th. Royals 5-4 lead the Padres. They've gone to the ninth at Petco. Giants bat bottom 7, doubling up on the Phillies 4-2. And Minnesota leads the Dodgers 3-1 now, bottom 6. We'll get to the breakdown of the 132-126 Denver victory over the L.A. Lakers in Game 1. We'll do that in the final segment, SportsX Radio. Mark Hoke, set the stage right here for your interview with Soraya, and then take it away, my man. All right, so we got a chance today to interview the former WWE Divas champion and uh, one of the great superstars and pioneers in women's wrestling, Soraya, who's going to be wrestling here a few times in Las Vegas coming up. We've got AEW Dynamite and Rampage on Wednesday next week, and then the Double or Nothing pay-per-view at the T-Mobile Arena next Sunday, and that will also be on pay-per-view as well. So I suppose, Ken, without further ado, let's hear from Soraya. We are on the Mark Hoke Show. Very excited. David Difference, buddy, we are getting ready for double and nothing here in Las Vegas. Definitely. I'm truly excited about this one, oh, man. Oh, man. And you're going. I am, yeah. I just, I, I'm in there, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, you can thank Big John over there. That's very <laughs> awesome. But, uh, but we are thrilled to have in studio today truly one of the legends in professional Aww, wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Me? Yeah, you. On our Twitter would disagree with you, bud. But well, you know what the heck with those guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But we are very happy to have in studio with us Soraya 
Welcome to Las Vegas. How are you? I'm good. You know what? I'm really what? happy you're able to pronounce my name re- like perfectly. <laughs> right. You know, the amount was... of times that people Taz just cannot get the hang of it. That's what I hear. Yeah. I, I was watching uh, your debut. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they just kept saying it over and over. And I was like, is that how you say it? No, and it's then, not. It, <laughs> right, right, right. So you know what? Kids, kids in school are so cruel, right? Because that reminds me of my now. I'm just gonna trauma unload on you right now. When I was a kid, you know how cruel they can be in school. They would call me psoriasis. And I was like, that's not even how you pronounce my name. Yeah, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. No, I'm fine. But yeah, so whenever someone calls me Soraya, I'm like, it's not Soraya. It's Soraya. Soraya Sunshine. It took me two weeks. It's okay. I got it right on the show eventually. (laughs) It's okay. It's it's, it's the American pronunciation too, though. Right. I feel like Americans pronounce like the R-A-Y as like rye. So, okay. You're all is forgiven. Yeah. But don't do but it twice. But I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> no, no we, you Well, we yeah. got to figure it out. You did it. No, you figured it out. Yeah, forgive me the United States. I'm talking about Taz. But... Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> he gets it right now, I think. Well, it took was... him a couple months, but he got it. Yeah, when we see Taz. John's looking at me right now. He's like, please. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you talk about your youth. Yeah. Because we just had an independent wrestler in here who started wrestling at eight years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you started incredibly early, too. Yeah. And I was reading some of the stories about how you would travel by yourself and do all these crazy things when you were 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, tell everybody a little bit about your start in the UK and what that was like to be wrestling at such a young age. Yeah. My my brother, Zach, actually started wrestling when he was eight years old, too. Which but our family, I mean, I have a big wrestling family in the UK. Right. And uh, my dad was the first one to get the ball rolling in, with the wrestling world, you know, and then he created his own company, WAW. And then I've told this story a bunch of times, but my mom was pregnant with me. I didn't realize. And Robbie Brookside, who's actually the trainer down in NXT right now, he gave me my first official bump when I was a fetus. He was um, <laughs> he gorilla pressed my mom and threw me from the inside of the ring to the outside. No, I say no, threw me. No. I was in there. I was rolling in there, <laughs> taking my first flip bump. Um, but yeah, so but I all is safe and well, and this is why I end up the way I ended up. You know what I mean? Scoliosis, messed up. I was an addict at one point. I blame Robbie Brooks. I... <laughs> my mom didn't know. My mom didn't know. That is pretty crazy, though. Wrestling at like minus three. Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but it was because my mom just pretty much popped out my brother Zach. There's we're like a very short, like 14 months between us. Okay. So she wasn't expecting to be pregnant again, and then she was like, she's a small framed woman. So she was seven months, and she was not showing at all. Okay. My mom has like this runner's body where she's just like, she was just jacked for no reason <laughs> at all. She didn't even work out. And so, yeah, she, like, I see pictures and stuff and I'm like, you ain't lying. There was no, there was no show whatsoever. And then she went to the doctor because she was feeling sick the next day after she got gorilla press. And they were like, you're pregnant. And she was like, what? And they were wow. like, you're actually like very close to giving birth pregnant, you know? Wow. And she was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, then she had me. And then a star was born. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so wrestling as a teenager in the UK, what yeah. was that like for you? Awesome. You know, I speak to some of the guys that I re- like, you know, wrestled with back in the day, like when I was 14, 15, 16 or whatever. And they were like, we were so terrified just to talk to you. Yeah. Just because of my dad and my brothers. Because like I was very protected. <laughs> right. Like that. Like I had very protective like family that just... To a fault. Like, I feel like I couldn't breathe. That's why I, I, I like to tr- go out and travel by myself, you know, and do things because f- I didn't want to be in, like, my family's shadow too much. Because the Knight family in the UK and across Europe, they were, like, they're, like, a big deal, right? And so I was like, I wanted to ha- have my own career and do my own thing. And so I started giving out resumes to, like, different wrestling companies when I was really young. And there was a company called Irish Whip Wrestling. I don't know if they're still around anymore. But I remember giving them 
my resume and they said they didn't take women's wrestlers and i was like well yeah. you're gonna regret that one right, day right, right. you know and and so yeah i don't know if they are still around i don't know if they have women's wrestlers now but i was just like whatever so i took that knock back and then just kept sending resumes out and i did, did my first start in norway and then i was doing belgium and denmark and turkey which is a terrifying oh, place wow. to go <laughs> it was terrifying um yeah, so went all over the world, and my dad every week would be like, "Can you do my show this weekend?" I'm like, "Sorry, dad, I'm in Spain or something." He's like, "Oh, for yeah, I know you can't cuss right now, but uh, he would be like, where, where are you going this weekend?'" And it was just really fun. So I didn't really have much of a childhood where I was hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. I was just wrestling. I loved wrestling so much, and that's why when I got older, I was like, "I need my childhood back," and I just start raging way too hard. <laughs> Well, that, that happens. It does. That's <laughs> all good. But, you know, it is funny that we really have seen you pretty much grow up mm-hmm. into where you are now. And I still remember the night that you won the Divas Championship and yeah. just how amazing that was to see you go out there. And you're, you're still grinning about that. I love it. it chills <laughs> every time because it's really weird because uh, recently my boyfriend was getting tattooed in our house and there was these the, a couple from the UK who wasn't familiar with wrestling. And she was like, so what do you do? She's like, in my house. She's like, so what do you do? And I was like, I'm just going to show you fight with my family real quick. So I just show, <laughs> showed her the movie. She's like, what the, you know? And then by the end of it, like, you know, it gets to that winning the Divas Championship. And it's just, you never get over that feeling. Because when you're a wrestler, when you're younger, especially back in the day, you didn't have many places to go for wrestling. Now you have a Everywhere, wide spectrum yeah. of wrestling and it's awesome. But it was just WWE. WWE was like the pinnacle. Like, this is where you made the money, too. This is where you got, you know, you lived your dream. This is where you make money as a wrestler. Right. And so, yeah, you were like, I want to be a WWE diva. That's all I wanted to be. So the fact that I managed to get there and win the Divas Championship my first day and they gave me the opportunity to do that, I can believe it. I was young. I was 21 years old. Like, you know, and then I won it again when I was 22 on my birthday. I was like, they treated me wonderfully. Yeah. And I just like, it's just... It was really awesome like that I got to do that. And I'll never stop smiling. And it's really weird that it's been 10 years. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's know, right? Isn't it? It's like time flies. I don't realize how long time, as you get older, it goes so quickly. I'm like, it's bananas. So tell it's- me, to get put in that position, I mean, that's a huge deal. What do you think it was that they saw in you to put you over that quickly? I mean, obviously yeah. you had been doing it for years, but to put you over in that situation, which was unexpected, I think, to everybody watching mm. the show that day. But Dude, it gives me, I seriously, I get chills every time, but I think it's because Triple H was really wonderful with us in uh, NXT. It was FCW, the, then he took over and right. named it NXT. Yeah, so I just won the NXT Women's Championship, and it was the first ever female match that was on the network. Remember that? <laughs> the network? Mm-hmm, that's right. And so we were the first ever female and the first ever pay-per-view that, that was on it. And then my T-shirt got released, which was the Think Again T-shirt that Triple H had made for me. And it sold out instantly, like that. Just done. It sold out. So I think they were just like, oh, she could make us money. And so they were like, let's bring her up is. on the main roster. you know. And also, it was just something different. I feel like, like there was only one of me down in NXT at the time, like the pale goth chick who wore a lot of black and studs and stuff like right. that. Now it's the norm and it's really cool to see that there's so many different like alternative girls out there. But at the time, like I was thinking about Lita when I was dressing like that. I was like, I loved Lita. Like that's who I inspired, like who inspired me to be myself and my mother, of course. She's crazy. But but yeah, so I feel like it was like a different flavor of ice cream and it was the shakeup that the division needed at the time too. Like triple, it was like Triple H who was the one that was pitching for me to go on the main roster. And Vince was like, fine. 
but she has to wear purple. And that was it. <laughs> so I, ha- I had to get my purple wrestling gear and I slowly transitioned back into the black again eventually. And he didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And it was the, yeah. uh, real quick, and it was the day before that that The Rock yeah. approached you about doing the movie. Was- Which was nuts, dude. I like, I cannot get over that. Like, yeah, that is crazy. so bizarre. Like, getting that text on my phone being like, hey, it's DJ. I'd love to speak to you at some point. Today and I'm like, who the f is DJ? Why is he texting my phone? D Malenko, legend, who now works in AEW two, which I love. That he was one of the reasons that I wanted to come to AEW two because I'm like, Dean's over there. He's a good guy. Um, he's like my mentor, and he was just sitting next to me, but he'll also cuss me out too. So he's just like, <laughs> he was like, that's Dwayne Johnson, you idiot. And I'm like, oh my god, so I can't believe Dwayne's texting me. I didn't realize we were on like nickname terms. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I was just like, whatever. Yeah, I'll be. Yeah, chilling. You know, I'm just trying to act all laid back. The fact that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is texting my phone. Because at the time, he's not just the wrestler. He's this huge movie star who's the most famous man in the world, pretty much, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, how intimidating. And then someone came and grabbed me, took me to his locker room, which I'm like, this looks really weird. Everyone's going to think something's <laughs> up, yeah, yeah. you know? And so, like, I walk in, and he was just a big gentleman, right? Biggest sweetheart. And he's just like, hey, I'm DJ. And I'm like, yeah dude like you know what i mean like no duh, yeah right and then he started like having just the conversation being like oh i watched fast and furious gonna sleep one day so fighting with my family loved it reminds me of my family i would love to do a movie on it and i'm just like <laughs> so like every i was like what is happening and i instantly just start crying this is in the first like two minutes of me even being in there and then he was like oh i was in the writer's room by the way and you're gonna be winning the divas championship and debut in the next uh, like the next day after that's crazy and i'm like what the heck dude and i'm just crying my eyes out like i I just didn't know what to say. And then he's like, and no one can know anything, so keep it quiet. And I'm just like, how? Like, this is nuts. And then walking out to me and their cousins. So she's walking in to come see her cousin. She sees me walking out. So we bump into each other. And she was like, what are you doing in this, sis? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just a really big fan of Dwayne. Like, I just didn't know what else to say. So I'm just crying. Just like, okay, bye. Like, walking away. But she's a sweetheart, too. I love I love T. She's great. Yeah, that is an amazing story. Nuts. And then, you know, one thing that I think has made your career stand out was you ushered away the diva into truly people appreciating women's wrestling. Yeah. And, you know, taking away the, you get away from the bra and panties matches and all that kind of crazy stuff. And now we're actually getting down to business. And, you know, in my opinion, like you and AJ really kind of led the way to then open the door for everybody else. Yeah. Everyone has their different opinions of how, like, the, the revolution got started, right? A lot of people have your opinion, though, uh, but it it did start, you know, with me and AJ doing, like, the frenemies thing, you know, and everyone started watching and paying attention. Like, okay, there's two, like, a freak and a geek kind of thing, and, like, this right. weird dynamic of these women. And, yeah, we got to have, like, wrestling matches, and it was really, really fun, and then they started taking time away from us, though. So there was, like, a little revolution. It was, like, inch and inch, and then they kind of just stripped it away, and then they are like, well, now AJ's gone, let's just, like, give them two minutes you know with entrances and exit like it was just impossible so then after a while it was me and emma and who i give a big shout out to too because if you watch the nxt women's match i felt like that was one of my favorite matches i've had too and it's she doesn't i i feel like she doesn't get enough flowers for that but um it was me and emma against the bellas and they had cut our time completely really really short and we were just like let's just go out there and do less like i'm so tired of it (laughs) So we went out there and pretty much did like a couple of strikes and a roll up and got the hell out of there. Oh, really? And I got backstage and they were not happy whatsoever. <laughs> and we were like, we're not happy. Like we're miserable. Like we're the first people that get cut. Like I've, I saw so many of the girls cry 
because their WrestleMania moment got taken away. And they, like the show is three hours long, longer than that sometimes. It's a whole day event. You can't squeeze in a female's match. Like, what's the problem? You know what I mean? Like, it was, and Total Divas was bringing in big numbers for the WWE too at the time. Oh, yeah. So it was really, really frustrating to not be used. So then we just kind of took our control back and was like, you know what? F you guys. If you don't want us to be on the show, if you don't want to give us time, we're going to give you even less of our time. Right. And the internet is a big part of that. As much as like we have, we have a love hate relationship, they, Definitely helped big time because they started getting Give Divas a Chance trending, right, you know, right. for three days straight to the point where Vince had to listen. He had to. Triple H wanted us to succeed anyway, but it was more of like a Vince thing, you know, and he had to listen to us and had to listen to the internet. We kept inching in and breaking down doors and, you know, punching through ceilings and stuff like that. But ultimately, it took the internet to pay attention to us doing it for it to like really kickstart. And then after that, they brought the girls up, which was like fresh new roster you know and then they started giving all the girls time so it looked like the revolution started there you know what i mean because like we had kicked that door down for people to get the time that they get in and for the opportunity to wrestle the way they want to wrestle yeah but everyone has an opinion is what it is that is alundra thinks true. she started it <laughs> right, right right yeah i don't but the thing we have a wrestling school out here as well and there's oh, nice. a, a, lot, a lot of females that sign up and you know just have this dream so like hats off to you like for being a trailblazer and hey, really you. inspiring Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) And then it all went away. And then it all went away. (laughs) Come on, Mark. You know, and I've (laughs) I've had situations in my life where, you know, I coached for a very long time and stopped and, you know, actually stopped doing radio for a little bit. And the pain that gets in your heart when you're not doing something that you love is just mind-blowing sometimes. It's not replaceable, though. Yeah. The feeling that you get from something that you love is just not replaceable. You can't just fill it with something else. Like nothing made me feel like I was doing Twitch, but I was also being held back so much when I was in the WWE because they just didn't give me the freedom to do what I wanted to do, to even like try and find something else that could potentially fill that void. And then also they wouldn't want me to do a media. They didn't want me to do anything. So I was sitting on my ass for like a couple of years and people thought I enjoyed that. No, I hated that. I hated I was miserable. It made me very depressed. Not to the point where I started doing drugs and drinking again because I was a lot smarter by that point, but it would make me so miserable, like not being able to do anything. And that's one of the the things that uh, when me and WWE had parted ways, I was getting uh, reached out to by Tony Khan and Jericho, Moxley, Renee Britt, like everyone. And they were just like, you'll have the freedom to do whatever you want here. You just have to come to work every week. And I'm like, are you sure about that? And I was like, <laughs> okay. And they were like, no, we will give you that first class travel. Yeah, we will let you, you know, take days off when you need it. Yeah, you don't have to wrestle as much if you don't want to. But the option is there. Like, the thing is, they gave me the option to do what I want. And it right. felt so good. Like, I felt like, I don't know, like liberated some, somewhat. You know, I just felt like I just had freedom. Again, that's not a knock on WWE. Right. I was there for a very, very long time. I loved my time there. They gave me a platform. They, you know, they created page essentially. Right. They gave me the opportunity, the baton, and I ran with it. Right. And it's awesome. And I appreciate them so much. But, you know, when you're like moving at your parents' house, when it's like you've been stuck in your parents' house and then you get your own place and that's the freedom that you enjoy. You're like, oh, man, this feels really good to have my own place and like leg room and stuff, you know. And so that's what I mean when I say freedom is like you're not being like you don't have to ask too much permission when it comes to like if you want to get like a tattoo or anything like that. You don't have to change your hair color and stuff like you have the freedom to do that. And if I wanted to tomorrow, if I'm feeling really bad today after today, I could be like, Tony, I'm not feeling very well. And he'd be like, hey, no worries. Feel better. Come back next week. 
Like he's so laid back and I enjoy that in a boss. I really do enjoy that. He's super cool too. He's he, he could yeah, be like, you like know, that. you're trying to talk to him and he's like a hundred miles an hour walking down the hallway, you know? He's like, Yeah, good. you're like I love this guy. <laughs> he's hilarious. So yeah, I, I enjoy him um as a boss and I feel very fortunate that I got to start something fresh when I'm coming back in the in, in the AEW. But the only thing is is that like nowadays I like to do more character stuff. I love it. I'm having a ball. Like, I'm having a great time. Like, ch- like yelling at the crowd, like spray painting people. I'm like, I don't care if people talk. <laughs> I'm having fun, dude. Like, right. I'm having so much fun. And I was like, you can wait for me to wrestle. You're going to slow your up. You're going to wait for me to wrestle. Okay? You know, it's going to be something special when I, when I do uh, get in the ring. And not just wrestle Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday like I did in WWE after I just come back from the first neck surgery. I was wrestling every single day. I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm 30 years old now. Right? I'm about to be 31. I, I want to take it really slow. I can't be like these girls that are in AW who are like 21 years old, you know, <laughs> who can't feel bumps. You know what I mean? I'm like, I felt them. They took me out. Like, I'm good. I'm going to take my time. I don't care if people complain about it. I'm taking my time. And we are going to be back with more from Soraya from All Leave Wrestling here on SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson right after this break. So stick around for more with Soraya, and then we'll have our final segment of the show as well, and we'll get Ken back in here. I'm Mark Hope. Thanks for being with us here on SportsX Radio. We will be right back. And we are back on SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson right here on KDON 101.5 FM. A little zombified, and that's uh, her boyfriend's band, Fallen in Reverse. So it's her entrance theme, so we want to check that out. Download that on your favorite outlet for your podcast or tunes and you know, iTunes and whatever, SoundCloud, wherever you got to find it. But uh, we're going to continue on here with Soraya, of course, from All Elite Wrestling. And, guys, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, a lot going on for us here in Las Vegas on AEW. Wednesday night is the Dynamite and Rampage shows. Those are the TV shows, if you're not familiar with that. Over at the uh, MGM Grand Garden Arena on Wednesday, May 24th, starting at 4 p.m., so get your tickets for that. The AEW Double or Nothing Fan Fest is on Saturday, starting at 10 o'clock. Uh, that is also at the MGM Grand Conference Center. And then, of course, the big pay-per-view, AEW Double or Nothing, coming up. Uh, that'll be starting. The buy-in show starts at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, and the main card's starting at 5. You can still get your tickets to go over to the T-Mobile Arena and be a part of that, a massive main event with the four pillars, MJF, Jungle Boy, uh, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara wrestling for the AEW World Championship and I would imagine we're going to be seeing this lady on the card, too, Soraya. So let's hear more from the AEW Women's Superstar. We're on with Soraya, who we have Double or Nothing and AEW <laughs> Dynamite coming up next week here in Las Vegas on, of course, Wednesday the 24th and then the pay-per-view on Sunday the 28th, which is going to be a great, great time. Mm-hmm. And now your time here in AEW... You've been a bad, bad girl. I have. I love it. What is going on with this outcast thing? You know, you get the old gang back together and you're wreaking a little havoc. I honestly, I'm having such a great time. And people compare us to NWO and Outcast and uh, um, the 
well, I'm saying outcast. You know what I'm talking about. I, like DX and everyone. Right. People comparing us to them. And I'm like, sure, do it. Because we were inspired by them. Absolutely. I love that. I'm like, I'm. we're not stealing it. We're inspired. And like everyone's like wrestling gimmicks and stuff like that have been inspired by somebody. True, true. Wrestling moves. They don't just come up with them. Like <laughs> right. I, I took a Bornicano. My, my Scorpion cross log is a Bornicano move. You know, I just modify a little bit. Everyone takes little bits from different people that they're inspired by. And that's okay. Like stop, they'll stop complaining about it. <laughs> Trying not to cuss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, no, I'm having a great time. And it's easier to get people to hate you than it is to like you. Like coming in as a baby face, easy, right? Because I just came back from a life, a career ending injury, right? Yeah. And it was easy for a little bit. But the things that Britt was saying in her promos, I'm like, why wouldn't I be on your side? Like you are the pillar. You are the first ever signing to AEW. I am coming in from a different company saying that I'm a star. Right. You know, like why? So when people started like being like, well, She's saying kind of stuff that is very accurate. Like, that's so they start booing me a little bit. And I'm just like, I kind of want to go this way. I kind of want to, like, nudge more into the heel role. So then we end up doing the storyline where you can cheer and boo for whoever you want. But then I said to Tony, I was like, I do want to go heel, though. I feel like it's best for business for me to go heel. Just because you do have the homegrowns. And AW love their homegrowns. Like, the AW crowd. Like, they're, like, fiercely loyal. It doesn't matter if you're a good guy or a bad guy. If you're a homegrown, they're like, we like you more than we like her. Or we like him. You know? It's just easier for me to work as a heel. And I'm having fun. Dude, I'm having such a good time. Like, uh, this is going to sound like unprofessional, but I'm trying to make freaking Ruby and Tony laugh while we're out there. You know? I'm just... just, (laughs) I want to have a good time. Like... I don't know how long my career is going to be from here, right? You just never know. And, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to take it for granted. So I want to have a good time. I want to have fun. I want to go at the pace I want to go. I want to be, can I say the B word? Mm-hmm. I want to be a bitch. I yeah. like being a bitch. <laughs> All right. It's All right. easy to be a bitch. There it is. <laughs> I'm like, can you say it? <laughs> it's all good. You know, the AEW women's division has really taken leaps and bounds. And you've got to be excited to have really been a part of that. And we've been seeing a little bit of it on the AEW Access show. How are you feeling about where the women's division is at AEW? And how much further is there to go? Oh, we have so much left in the tank. We're just getting started. This is such a baby company still, like, what, three or four years old? They have still so much to do. And, like, what I love being a part of is, like, there's, like, a real long storyline. We like to call it bacon in an oven storyline, not a microwave storyline where it's, like, very quick. Like, we like to take our time with this. And we're having a ball. And, like, I I feel really excited that I got to be a part of something like this. And it's just going to get bigger and better. Like, I'm going to end up taking a step back and letting someone else be a part of, like, a big storyline. And I like that there's two going on right now. So you have Jay Cargill and Taya Valkyrie, who I absolutely adore. I love that she's been a part of it. Now Jade's getting some, like, challenges, like, real competitors coming in rather than being, like, feeding her just, no offense to the extras, they're all awesome, but you know where it's going to, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, like, very, like, you, you're like, okay, this girl that didn't get an entrance that walked out with the referee, is she, is she going to win against Jade? Probably not. It would be awesome to see a shock, though. <laughs> right. If one of those women did, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, so it's good to see, like, her having Tyre to go up against, you know, or, you know, whoever else uh, wants to come in and take a shot at it. Hopefully us. I want to take all the championships. There you go. I was going to ask you about that because even though you are a heel right now, how much fun would that be to get in the ring and have a nice run with Jade? 
Oh, I would do it in a heartbeat. I want to try and get Jamie's first. I want to piss people off. I'm sorry I keep cussing. That's it's, That it's, one's okay. Okay, that one's okay. Um, you're okay on that yeah. one. I don't get fined for this one? Nah, no. That's true. That's <laughs> You've already gone through right that fighting process. And that one wasn't that bad either, by the way. It wasn't. And first of all, I'm from England, and I pronounce yeah. it a little bit differently. Like it, it actually means idiot in England. All right, uh, it's a little different over yeah. here. Again. We're sensitive out here. A little sensitive, yeah. yeah. At least I didn't drop the C bomb though. I could have. It's yeah, very, that would have been bad. That's a very endearing <laughs> term in the UK. Right. If we call you a C bomb, it means we like you. Oh, okay, okay. But, uh, I'm gonna remember that for you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what were we talking about? I got distracted by cuss words. Uh, you wrestling Jade? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would love to face her, of course. I would love to go for Jamie first. I would love to take more just to make people mad. I want to make people mad. They don't want to see me with a championship, and I love it. So I want to take it. You think about maybe doing that at Wembley Stadium at All In because I, I can only imagine how excited you are about that opportunity. And, you know, so many people were really down on Tony trying to do that card at Wembley. And now it looks like it's going to be an unbelievable success. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get to go back home mm-hmm. and perform in Wembley Stadium. Look I at know. She is grinning like I crazy, know. guys. I get so excited because, like, Wembley is like the. It's like um, Madison Square Garden or, or just you have so many stadiums out here. England doesn't. <laughs> like We're a very small country. So like that is a 90,000-seat stadium. And I've never got to be a part of something like that in my home country before. So it's awesome. And, you know, and then Jamie is also getting her first taste of what it's like to wrestle in the UK. She did Japan and everything like that. She's only been with AEW for a short period of time too so like now she gets to go over there and and wrestle in a stadium and i think that's absolutely incredible would i like it to be against me absolutely <laughs> of course selfishly absolutely <laughs> i don't know who england would cheer for more me or jay uh, me or jay me or jamie you know what we'll we'll see if we actually get that much then awesome I, a lot of people want to see it that's all i see when it comes to the girls when it comes to me fighting someone or jamie fighting somebody people want to see us to go head to head at wembley at least and seeing aw take this big step has got to feel good that now you're a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. What What's the feel in the locker room right now with all of you seeing what's happening with this Wembley Stadium show and feeling the growth and saying, my God, this is it. This it's is what we've been working for. It's a legitimate company. It is. It is it's a, compe- like, it's a, a competitor for real. Like and, and it's awesome that now there's another place for other wrestlers to go and they have an opportunity to go, you know, and be a success, not just in WWE, but you have AEW and it, right. that's freaking awesome, dude. And everyone's excited about Wembley because not one match has been announced. And the fact that they just sold all those tickets, especially day one, they sold tons of tickets and then just the pre-sales, tons of tickets. So there's only 10, 20,000 or whatever tickets left, right, that have to be released still. And I think that I feel like I said from day one, I said, England doesn't let you down. They will sell that. They'll sell that's, it out. That's what I said. Yeah, they'll sell it out. <laughs> and it's not just England because you've got Europe right there. Right. Just a stern far away. And then people from America are definitely going to fly over for that too. They do it for WrestleManias. They fly over from all over the world. This is like our WrestleMania. So it's going to sell out. I know it is. People, the naysayers and stuff... They're going to be like, oh, they paid for all those tickets. They're going to find some excuse as to why it's, it's sold out. But it is what it is. AEW is that bitch. Sorry. And, of course, we're on with Soraya. And, you know, <laughs> speaking of the internet people. Oh, God, here we go. Now. Yeah. Oh, boy. I follow you on Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen uh, a little bit of venom out there and a little bit of crazy stuff getting set out on the uh, these social media tracks. Mm-hmm. We had this endometriosis thing. Yeah, that just let's came talk up. about that, dude. So, let's clear the air. So, so let's let's first 
How do you feel about dealing with people on the Internet? And then tell everybody about this whole thing with the endometriosis, because this has just taken on a life of its own. And it's crazy. (laughs) I know. And it's the dirt shoots that make it into a thing, too. And then the men that have no idea about uh, women at all, apparently, (laughs) have never touched a woman. I've been in five feet of a woman. Like, try to mansplain to you, like, what endometriosis is. So, endometriosis, right? For the men that think it's sexually transmitted, it's not. <laughs> that was probably the most... I know. So I know. Though. It's so bad. It's so stupid. So, endometriosis is something you get, like, where uh, some of the cells, it grows outside of your womb, right? So, on your ovaries, you suffer from cysts, you suffer from extremely painful periods, right? To the point where it's hard to get out of bed. It's very debilitating. You get... Um, you're you're just in pain. Like it's really difficult to continue with your. With your it, there's different stages of it though, right. so it's it's really hard to continue with your day. So the fact that I've wrestled with it throughout my whole womanhood, not just it didn't just come about like one day where I'm like, oops, got endometriosis. Like no, <laughs> it happens. Like you you it doesn't have to develop after the first period, but it it starts around that age where you're 15, 16, 17, or whatever, and it gets worse over time. So I've never spoken about endometriosis before because I'm like, it's really no one's business. Right. But then, this was about six months ago, I posted about this thing that my boyfriend got me to help me with my period pains, right? And so many people reached out to me being like, please tell me if it works. I'm suffering. There's like a whole month dedicated to endometriosis, right? And okay. a lot of doctors don't take endometriosis the way, like serious as the way they should, even though there's a whole month dedicated to it. It's, it's called the silent disease, right? It affects women tremendously. It's awful. And a lot of men don't understand that. It's awful. Unless you live with your woman that has that, you'll never fully understand it, right? But yeah, so what I, I was like, okay, I, I want to start talking about it more because it's helping people. And like having someone like, you know, I do a lot of things that are relatable, relatable to people, right? I've done a lot of stuff, but people are just like, oh, I've done that too. Right. But I'm like, okay, I can help people with endometriosis now. So I started talking about it. But like, I should have known better than the rest, like the internet wrestling community to spin it into, that's the reason WWE didn't clear it and da, 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 because they don't understand what it is. It's just an awful, awful period that you get. And once you start your period, it's right there. It's right there. It's, I didn't just get it. It just gets worse with age. My endo belly gets worse with age. Like, I can't help it. It's actually like an insecurity. Like, I had to ask Ruby one week because my stomach was really swollen. And it can look like you're pregnant. It can swell really, really big. And I've had a lot of different surgeries down there just to, like, take some of the pain away or take some of the cysts away because I can develop cysts and stuff. It's really painful. So I had to be like, hey, I forgot my flannel. Can I borrow your flannel? Because I want to cover myself. Because, you know, people, the first thing you say is like, oh, Sraya's put on weight. And they always say that. <laughs> of course. Every time, like, oh, Sraya's looking a little too thick. And I'm like, that's my endo belly. So like, so for everyone that doesn't understand endometriosis, it's not something that develops overnight. It's a long-term thing. It's every, not every woman has it, but what, it's very noticeable when she does. So um, for the women out there, if you want help, reach out to me. I would love to help you. And uh, I know a bunch of resources and all these natural remedies to help uh, take the pain away or relieve a little bit of the pain. Enough for you to get out of bed. And for all the men that don't understand it, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, everybody's got an opinion. And I yeah. mean, obviously, I've heard you speak on social media and how you like to uh, take a time away from it, which I think is yeah. good. I mean, it's rough for you know normal people. But yeah. you look at celebrity status. Everybody thinks you guys are impervious to insults, to... And you're not uh, allowed to respond to them either. They say you're not allowed to respond. I mean, how do you deal with that? Obviously, you have to be on there if you're marketing yourself yeah. and you're promoting. You're not impervious to no. insults or pain or, you know... I respond. 
And be- I respond because <laughs> I, does. I don't care about being the bigger person. Because I'm like, if you're going to punch up, I'm going to punch down, right? I'm never the one to start it. But my dad's always like, make sure you finish it, right? So, like, when it comes to Twitter, I'm like, you guys, just because you have 13 followers, it doesn't make you invincible to me hitting back at you. Like, I don't care. I don't care if you have you. Two, two followers. You're going to feel what it feels like. Because he is, is mostly guys, by the way. He is not the only one that's talking crap to me that day. There's hundreds, sometimes thousands of people that just go up. There's like a dirt sheet going around and everyone has an opinion on it. Or they just want to write to me and talk crap. And so I'm just like, you know what? No. Um, you're going to feel what it feels like. And then there's a bunch of my fans that will be like, yeah, leave her alone and like cuss them out too. And I'm like, yeah. imagine that every single day. You're just getting it for one day. Yeah, that's crazy. But you deserve it because you attacked me first. And then people are just like, you need to be the bigger person on the internet. I'm like, I'm not the bigger person. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to be the bigger person. You should person. be honest about it. No, I'm yeah. like, I'm going to defend myself. I'm like, you're going to attack me for no reason. I have no idea who you are. And I'll forget about you very quickly too. But I'm going to respond to you and you're going to remember this for the rest of your life. Done deal. Nice. And then I'll delete it off my socials. So then I, I delete all my socials <laughs> and I sort of have to look out. at him ever. I'm like, all right, now dip. <laughs> I'll let the fans do the rest. One positive thing that I did see on your social media is you do have a new friend in the house. I have two. I, I saw that there's a bird cage <laughs> yeah. in your home. Yeah. It's macaw mania, correct? Oh, man. Paulie is so sweet and he loves his mom already. And then we just got an Indian ringneck parrot too, apparently. Well, so, okay. So my boyfriend, Ronnie, he heard me say that I wanted a bird. Like, I I grew up with birds. My granddad had an Avery. My dad was obsessed with birds. I had birds my whole life. But my mom was a psycho and was like, oh, the birds would love to be outside in, <laughs> like, you know, air under their wings. But she put in the cage would be windy blow over and they'd fly away every single time i'm like this woman never learns so i never got birds at all but then you know you see tiktok and you're just like oh these birds are so cute i'm like i really want one and so i came home from work this week and there was a bird in the house and uh it was a corner though and but our our assistant he's he's a sweetheart right his girlfriend has been away for for a while and he and they she has a has his dog too so we're just like do you want this bird and he's just like Okay, and I have a really cute picture of him like holding this bird. It was really cute. But we have Paulie, and then I was like, I want an Indian red, ring, neck, ring neck. So we went. We went and got one. Paulie and Roxy are their names. And then there's another one. It's called Bronze Winged Pionis. Cute. And it's like one of those birds that are very talkative, are very sweet. So that's the next one. And then my boyfriend also wants a toucan. Oh, yeah. I like oh. a toucan. I want a yeah. toucan myself. Can I ask you this? I know we're, because I'm all about mindset. Yeah. We deal with a lot of students, a lot of younger generation that has dreams and wants to become a wrestler and you've been around everybody Mm -hmm. obviously you've you've reached success as well so what are three top qualities that you see in talent that you've worked with that you also see in yourself that has gotten you to the level that you're at okay so it's everyone that i've worked with so like aj and the bellas and like just in wwe and then when i come over to aw brit and stuff they're constantly driven like, they're never complacent. They're always thinking about, like, what we could do next, writing stuff down. Like, they're very passionate. They never... So, okay, so Dwayne gave me this uh, this um, advice, stay humble and hungry, which he says a lot. But these women are. They stay humble and they stay hungry. You have to be humble because you want people to be able to work with you, right? And then also, when you're going up the ladder, you're, you're going past these people and they'll eventually come up there with you. And then you're going to go down and you're going to want them to work with you again, right? <laughs> right? So you have to say, you have to say humble. And you have to stay hungry. Like you have to constantly be driven. And I also say patience too. Like you have to be, these women were always very patient. And there's this quote that I absolutely love for people that want to be in wrestling or just anything at all. But I've always had this quote in the back of my head, right? I wish I listened to it myself sometimes, actually. <laughs> 
But uh, never listen to people that try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that. But the real greats make you think that you too can become great. So that's why I like working with Dwayne. He was always like, you can do this. And then Dean Malenko, you got this. You know, all these people have no ego about them. So it's like, again, it's like the humble thing. Like just stay humble and you always want to encourage people to be, be better instead of being cutthroat in this business. Because there's a lot of people that could be cutthroat and they don't want to help you and they don't want to encourage you. Like be not that person. If you're backstage, you'll never hear me being mean to anybody. I've never been mean to people. I've never been mean to fans. If they see me in person, it's only recently when someone made a comment about my tapes that I got. And oh, when yeah. I walked in the hotel, I was like, that's insulting. I don't have to sign these billion cards that you have of me because I know you're going to sell them. I was doing you a favor right. for me to walk in and do that. You know, So I'm always nice to everybody. It's always good to be nice. Well, you got a good energy about you. Thanks. Man. And then I trip off of you were 21 when you had a movie made about your life. I know. Like you haven't even lived yet, but you've lived. What yeah. is the second half? If we did a part two of that movie, what what is that movie called? And, and you know, what's that until? You know what? I would love to see my brother get his movie. There was two stories in it and there was Zach. And, you know, I just got him his visa because Tony was awesome. And he took the time to speak to Zach. And he was like, do you have a visa? And Zach was like, no, I don't. And he was like, well, I put you in a dark match right now, but you have to have a visa to work over here, right? So Zach was like, you got it. And he never got the opportunity in WWE. They never gave him the time of day and he did all these tryouts they just never gave and after the movie i feel like they dropped the ball big time with him like that could have been the ultimate underdog story right there with my brother years and years spending time trying to make it and so now with aw tony without even thinking was just like yeah i'll give you a dog match sure and then i was like i'll just get him his visa and i got him his visa it should be here in august which is awesome and so i'd love to see his story about it where he finally makes it because his was even a bigger underdog story and if it has to be about me then it would be it would have to be like it would have to be rated a little higher yeah, yeah, yeah. as much as i wanted to be a family friendly movie i feel like what i did after i got to wwe wasn't the most family friendly and i want them to see the nitty-gritty of it you know and what i actually went through and all the you know the dark times and stuff like that because it could help a lot of people so i would love to see that part and then make it a comeback in in the new territory that is AEW. i think i think it's a beautiful story maybe we call it uh Fighting with myself, the second Fighting half. Fighting with my and demons. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. go. Yeah. Well, we've got Dynamite coming up this yeah. week. A big six-man match that I think a lot of people were expecting to see at Double or Nothing. So are we, yeah. So, <laughs> so we've got you, Tony Storm, and Ruby taking on Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida. Yeah. That's going to be a, a hoot. It's going to be it? great. I feel like, I mean, that's the match people were waiting for. I was... Want to do a blood and guts match? I was expecting to do all these different things. Maybe, maybe that's the next thing on the pay per view. Who knows? Maybe this is just a little taster. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what's going to happen in Vegas. All I know is that I have a cheers match. Was it tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> I have a cheers match tomorrow. I get to hang out with the outcasts, and we get to face girls who are really good wrestlers. So let's let's just see how it goes. So wait, you're telling me you don't know yet? I don't know anything. What dude. is going on with you at Double or Nothing? <laughs> I don't know. I thought this I was going to be the Soraya show here. What's right, going on? Right. I don't know. I have no information. <laughs> no so I guess you just have to tune in and watch. And I wish I could tell you something, but I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. Hopefully, there'll be. We'll get. We get told something this this week. Maybe. Well, I would hope so. I'll I'll text you and be like, listen, bud, this is what's happening. <laughs> this is what's happening. Yeah. Exclusive. Yeah. Well, we really do appreciate you coming down to the Kadon Studios and spending some time with us, Soraya. We're looking forward to seeing you back here in Las Vegas for Dynamite and Double or Nothing Thank you. For over Memorial Day week. It's going to be a blast, and we want to wish you all the best. It's been an incredible ride so far, and 
geez, only 30 years old. There's so much more to go. Got so much left in the tank, kind of. We'll see. (laughs) You do, you do. Great energy, great energy. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. So there you go, Soraya from All Leave Wrestling, Ken, and uh, a fascinating personality, to say the least. Well, I will tell you, I am uh, looking forward to that AEW card, the Double or Nothing card. You said there's two different cards, right? Yeah, you have the TV shows on Wednesday. Um, the the Dynamite is the one that airs live on Wednesday, and then Rampage, they'll record, and that uh, goes out on Friday. There you go. Great stuff, man. I'm telling you, you're starting to get a lot of people coming in the uh, studio for not only your show, the Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., but also right here, SportsX Radio. And uh, just keep them coming, man. Keep the uh, keep the talent coming in the studio, my man. I'm going to give it a shot. We'll there see how go. it goes. All right. Take our final break. Come back. Wrap things up. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, Don streaming live on that Odyssey app. Nuggets take game one from the Lakers, 132-126. We'll get you caught up on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Some other headlines. Then we'll get out of here tomorrow night live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Make it on down there. KT will be all set up by about 6, 630 tomorrow. And uh, be one of the first two that comes up to my table. And uh, I'll get you a free appetizer or a drink of your choice. And uh, we'll be right back. Wrap things up on a fat Tuesday, 101.5 FM, Don Live on that Odyssey app. Ken Thompson, Marco. la, la, la. Got a couple minutes here as uh, Mark Soraya in studio, AEW card, Double or Nothing, coming up on May 28th right here in Vegas. And Mark, still tickets available? Yeah, there are still some tickets out there, so you can get in there, but you better do it fast. It's uh, not many left. There you go. All right, so Nuggets with that 1-0 lead. Again, if you uh, played the Lakers in game one, you may have either either gotten a push or a W, uh, plus six on the opening line, plus six and a half, seven around town. And uh, they lose at 132-126. Game sales over the 222.5 at the Westgate Superbook. Hits 158. Wow, high-scoring game. Uh, next game, game two, line I saw Westgate Superbook had minus 5.5 with Denver. So down a half point from the opening line uh, that came out initially. And uh, 226.5 total goes up four points. So Nuggets minus 5.5, 226.5. We get underway Thursday with the first game in the – NHL finals of the Eastern Conference, that is Carolina at home. Hurricanes minus 140, five-and-a-half-year total, shaded to the over, minus 120 against Florida's Panthers. And then right here on Friday, it is the Vegas Golden Knights, and that'll be a 535 local start to accommodate the folks in the Midwest there in Big D. Dallas and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Knights right now at the Westgate Superbook, minus 132, five-and-a-half, shaded to the under. Minus 120, and like I said, I think it's correlated. If Vegas is going to win these games, I think they're going to be a little higher scoring. I'm going to play Vegas and the over. I already did uh, play Vegas. I didn't play the total as of yet, and I played Vegas in the series as well. So we'll see how that all pans out. Uh, Let me see. Major League Baseball, we got plenty going on. But uh, we had the NBA draft, and uh, don't have much time. But San Antonio ended up winning the draft. I'll get into that more tomorrow, but it's a big-time win as uh, they're going to get – Wembanyama, the uh, youngster from France, this kid is uh, supposedly the next can't miss, so we'll uh, talk more about that tomorrow. And uh, Arthur DeCesar will join me. Pray for my good pal Mark Lawrence, still uh, 
hurting with his kidneys, kidney stones, trying to pass those suckers this week. And anybody that's had those knows how painful that could be. So uh, Mark going to take another day off, and hopefully we'll have him back next week. Look forward to that. And I'll have some other guests lined up as well. Producer Mark Hoke will chime in, and uh, we'll weigh in on some other stuff going on in the world of sports, WNBA. Uh, you know, Not good news for the Las Vegas Aces. They're going to lose a 2025 first-round pick, and they suspended Becky Hammond, their coach, for a couple games. We'll get into that tomorrow night a little bit, and uh, we'll follow up on all the baseball and all that good stuff. Right now, I uh, still got one game going. I believe the Dodgers uh, trailing five to one, bottom nine. They say final. KC beat San Diego, and bottom nine also Arizona and Oakland. Oakland got a grand slam to tie that thing up at eight apiece. Giants did beat the Philadelphia Phillies four to three. That'll do it for us on a. Fat Tuesday, you know the rules, no drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops, God bless you. Live from Vegas, Sports X Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Archives up in about a half hour. Ken Thompson, Mark Hoke, bidding you good night. God bless everybody. Good night, everybody.